Our lives seem to be filled always with lists of needs and wants. We're almost never satisfied. As for needs, I have none at this stage of my life. But as for wants, well, there was that one strange item, the ball clock. I recently had another one of those days, a birthday, an anniversary that we can hardly wait for when we're 10 and that we just as soon ignore when we're 74. I was largely successful with the ignoring part, but my kids and their families decided to go in together and find me the thing that I have long claimed to be the only thing left that I might ever actually want, the ball clock. I am fascinated by timekeeping. By that, I mean the infinite variety of devices created over the centuries to keep track of the time of day. With apologies to Chicago, does anybody really know what time it is? I'm not an antique hunter or even a true collector of these things, but I have managed to accumulate a number of them that either evoke great memories or just simply tickle me. The ball clock is among the latter. I first obtained one of these ingenious devices back in the 70s. It may have been a gift from my in-laws who thought its weirdness was just the right fit for a gift for me. But I was thoroughly intrigued by it and set about to assemble all the parts just to see if the thing would really tell the time of day as advertised. Putting it all together turned out to be part of the fun of it. Step by step, I could see how this Frankenstein monster might really be able to come to life. When I finally had it all together and plugged it in, I was immediately mesmerized by the mechanics of it and the perfect accuracy it maintained. Its clockworks are quite simple, really. A small motor turns an arm with a scoop at its end, one revolution taking exactly 60 seconds. Every minute as the arm reaches the bottom of the clock, it scoops up a ball bearing from a track. When the arm reaches the top of the clock, gravity induces the ball to slide from the scoop onto a minutes track, the top one in the configuration. Every five minutes, as that track fills up, it drops one ball to the next layer of track below, this one showing minutes in five-minute increments. When that track has filled up with balls after 60 minutes, the turn of the arm drops a ball onto the bottom track, reflecting hours. The most fun time of the day is when the time reaches 1 o'clock when every ball in the unit is in motion and every one of those tracks is like a bowling alley lane. One o'clock was never so entertaining as this. That first edition of the ball clock lasted for years before the small minute hand motor retired itself from active duty. I was devastated and unable to find anyone who might fix or replace the unique motor. So I resigned myself to buy an entirely new unit. Such was my ongoing attachment to watching the minutes go rolling by. Not everyone was as fascinated by this as I was. 
It's not a clock anyone would want in their bedroom or anywhere else where sound is an issue. Katie thought that the rolling balls were too noisy and decreed that the ball clock could no longer sit atop our television. She was having trouble hearing the programs. I still think she might have been exaggerating that claim, but I was happy to relocate the clock in my office, where it joyously rolled those steel balls down the tracks for years. It was a calming presence of sight and sound, a means of bowling over a day's stress. But after years of accurate service, it too died in service. I looked for another clock to buy, such had been my love for the gimmick. But by that time, the clock had outlived its curiosity value and they were not being made any longer, unless I wanted to pay hundreds of dollars for a handmade wooden version. I did not. And I figured by then that I had spent enough time, energy, and money on such a mere curio. I resigned myself to a life without a ball clock. No minute-by-minute -minute clattering to remind me of the omnipresence of physics in the world. I did decide to keep both of the original units just as mementos. Then came this year's birthday. As the date crept nearer, daughter Nikki did confide that she and her siblings were going to give me a present. I attempted to protest with the truth that there was nothing that I wanted or needed in my life, to which she replied that this was a unique gift that they all really wanted to give. I reasoned to her that I therefore knew what it must be. Since I needed nothing, it had to be something that I might want. The only item that fit the description was a ball clock. Nikki never said a word, but I had hit the nail on the head. Over the years, I have acquired watches, a grandfather clock, several ancient pocket watches, and clocks as awards and thanks for speaking engagements, board service, and retirements. Folks were apparently glad to see me go. My grandmother's cuckoo clock ticks away noisily in my office. There is a talking clock in our bedroom. But as unique as they each may be, none compares to the clatter of the ball clock, reminding me literally every minute the time is precious.